You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Good morning. Welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Um, If you're not aware, just do want to share um, that I do have my new book out uh, called The Knee Book, A Guide to the Aging Knee. So for any of you that are suffering from knee pain and knee arthritis and have questions, which I find many people have, uh, this book really breaks it down in easy to understand language, you know, similar to what you've heard me discuss on my podcast, but I talk all about, you know, what a knee is, why the knee hurts, what is arthritis, even going over, you know, what some of the uh, x-ray findings, MRI findings might be if your doctor orders them. And it goes through most importantly, all the treatment options from conservative um, up to medications, injections, surgery, and it goes into a lot of detail of, you know, what the surgery would entail as far as knee replacement, partial knee replacements, the expectations, the complications, and how to good get rehab. So um, if you haven't already checked it out, um, it's available on uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and Google Play Books. But uh, sort of information that's carried in that book is what I want to talk about today. I'm working on a few other um, episodes that are requiring a little bit more um, research, but I wanted to talk to you and share with you information I think will help you today because this is what I've been seeing in the clinic for the past year. And, um, you know, it just seemed like I had this discussion over and over and over again um, last week in the clinic. And what has happened to many people and probably to you as well is that COVID-19 hit, there's this huge pandemic, our world has been, you know, flipped upside down and backwards. And patients are coming in in pain uh, with arthritis And it's the same story that, you know, due to COVID, my gym closed, I haven't been traveling, I haven't been exercising, I've been eating more, I gained weight, and I haven't been exercising, and I'm having pain. Um, Or I've gained weight, and I recognize that, and now this has been going on for a while, and I went back to the gym, or I tried exercising, and it made me have more pain, it made symptoms worse. So these are the two things that people can have over and over again. I'm just seeing an overwhelming number of it now because of what we're all living through. So number one, and you've heard me talk about this before, um, weight gain and obesity. It is a huge um, epidemic worldwide that has led to multiple, multiple medical problems. And I'm always amazed sometimes that um, some doctors don't bring this up. And and why? I'm not 100% sure. I think sometimes doctors are afraid to make people angry. Um, and I've been there, you know, I've, I've seen patients get upset when I bring this discussion up about asking people, you know, hey, we looked at your height and weight. Um, how long have you been at this weight? Have you gained weight recently? Have you talked to your doctor? Have you done things to lose weight? Um, and patients can get very angry about that. But I, I almost feel it's malpractice to not bring it up. Like you would never go to your doctor And if they told you that your blood pressure was high or your cholesterol was high, I'm not sure that many patients would get angry at their doctor for bringing that up. And I think many doctors um, would think it would be weird to not talk to a patient about their high blood pressure or their high cholesterol. But a lot of people still feel it's weird territory to talk to people about weight. Um, And 
medicine, at least in America, has gotten very reactive, but not preventative in the sense that if you come in to see your cardiologist and you have high blood pressure, they're more likely to put you on a pill. Why? It's easy, right? Write your prescription here, take the pill. And and most patients will do it. Why? Again, because they don't have to change anything. You just take a pill to treat the high blood pressure. Whereas the good doctors, I believe, spend more time and they might say, hey, we're going to give you this pill, but what are you eating? Let's talk about your diet. Maybe have you see a nutritionist. We, can we change your diet? Are you exercising? Oh, you're not. Okay, let's exercise more. And then if we can get your blood pressure down with changes in diet, changes in eating habits, increase in exercise and activity, we might be able to pull you away or take that drug back. You may not need it. Same thing with cholesterol. You have high cholesterol. Here's a pill. Very reactive. It's simpler than telling someone how to change what and how they eat. Um, so, you know, obesity is not as simple in some ways because many doctors don't just have this magic pill. You know, they've come out with multiple pills, you know, for um, weight management in different forms and fashions, but it's not as simple and as straightforward as treating high cholesterol. So doctors don't bring it up, but I really think it's important that we say, you know, if someone's at a high weight, you know, what are you doing to change that? Why? Because that weight gain can lead to high blood pressure. That weight gain can lead to diabetes. It can lead to sleep apnea. It can lead to arthritis of your back, your hip, your knee, your foot, your ankle. And then if you need surgery, emergently or electively, your risks of complications are higher. So I really, really think that you know more doctors um, should be more proactive um, and preventative and have the discussion, but I recognize that some patients don't want to have the discussion or some doctors don't have the time. So that's why I'm doing this now. I'm going to talk to you about, you know, why it's important. So if you have gained, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 pounds, you know, during COVID, or maybe you've prior to COVID have gained that amount of weight, you need to lose weight. Why? Uh, It's good for your health. You know, there is scientific evidence that if you can maintain a healthy weight, that you will have less risks of medical complications in the future. You know, for patients that have issues with affording all of their medications, you know, say, hey, let's look at it from that perspective. How much money do you spend in your medications, your co-pays each month? You know, if you lost weight and got rid of some of those other diseases, you may not need um, all of those medicines. So you may save money. You know, if you have kids and grandkids that you want to run around with and you can't because your back, your hip, your knees hurt, if you lose weight, then your joints may hurt less and you can be more active and you can do more things. Um, so it's definitely important to do that. It's hard, right? So look, and I've, I've had some episodes about this in, in more deeper detail. Um, so I'm not gonna go into super, super detail, but just the brief overviews again is, you know, look at what you eat. I find most people have a vice or two, right? You eat sweets, you eat carbs, you eat too much, you like to snack, you know, alcohol. There's something or things that you are doing that you know are probably not good or right. So change your portion size. Um, change your late night snacking. Um, change that second helping. You know, maybe eliminate some carbs. A big thing always is eat more fiber, you know, and that's another discussion that we'll have coming up on an episode is about eating more fiber. You know, the rate of colon cancer is very high. Our country does not do good at eating fiber. So although good for many reasons, that fiber will fill you up. It'll make you feel fuller for longer if you're eating foods that are higher in fiber. 
So that would be something simple to add. And I always say like, it's not a matter of subtracting and just not eating. Um, but it's a matter of a lot of times changing how and what you eat and making minor changes that are more lifelong changes will help you keep those changes for the rest of your life and help keep the weight off as opposed to these yo-yo dietings where I went on diet X, I lost a lot of weight and I went back to how I normally live and I gained it all back. And then I went on diet Y and I lost a lot of weight and then I went back to how I normally eat and I gained it back. So, you know, all important things, but each patient's an individual. If you need help, ask for help. You know, talk to your doctor. If they can't help you, find a nutritionist, find a weight management clinic that is more interested in um, treating you without surgery first. You know, some patients do require bariatric surgery, but that should be your option of last resort. You know, make sure you try all these other things first. The other important thing, though, is exercise, right? So if people have had their gym close um, and they've stopped exercising and you're hurting, you need to get back to exercise. The other big mistake I'm seeing a lot of people is, you know, I was exercising, I haven't been to the gym in a year, they reopened, I went back and now I'm hurting. So imagine you're a marathoner, you know, imagine you run marathons and you haven't run in a year. You're not going to go out tomorrow and run a marathon. You're going to hurt, you're going to have pain, you're going to be short of breath, you're going to get a stress fracture. So the same thing applies, even if you're just a 30-minute gym workout routine that you can't go back after being away for a year and do all of those same exercises and not expect to hurt and have pain. So I think it's great and commendable if you now have the desire to get back to exercise. But let's say, for example, you used to use the stationary bike or the elliptical for 45 minutes. When you go back to the gym, get on it for five, maybe 10. Again, it's a warm-up. And do that five or 10 minutes every other day um, or every third day for a week or two. And then in that next week, then if you started with five, build up to 10. And then do that for a week or two. And then build up to 15. And then do that for a week or two. And then get up to 20. So you're, you're going up incrementally and you're going to prevent the, I went on the machine for 45 minutes. I haven't done that in a year. And now every, every bone in my body hurts. I don't want to ever touch that again. It was just too much too soon. The other thing is weights. Or an exercise class. You know, again, if you did an exercise class, you may, may do some of those exercises you remember before taking the hour-long class. Because again, that hour-long class, which you used to be able to do on a regular basis, you haven't done in a while, and every joint and muscle in your body is going to be sore and achy. And weights, you know, if you were doing a certain amount of weights, maybe using the Nautilus equipment, you know, drop the weight down, drop the reps down, drop the sets down. Let's say you were doing, you know, 50 pounds three sets of 15 repetitions. You might go back and say, I'm going to do, you know, 30 pounds and I'm just going to do, you know, 10 reps. I might have a little circuit and go around and just do each of the machines, just 10 reps, cut the weight in half just to see how you feel. And then once you can do that for a week or two, you know, then increase maybe to two sets and then a week or two later increase to three sets. Okay. Now we're back to the, the number of pushes that you did on the machine. Now, once you can do that, you can increase the weight slowly. Because if you go back and do all of the stuff at one time, you hurt. And sort of the analogy I use is like if you had a little kid at home, you know, you get this little infant in the high chair, you know, you don't whip out your baby food and give them like a spoonful of peas and a spoonful of strawberries and a spoonful of squash and a spoonful of this, that, and the other thing. And they break out in a rash. Call the pediatrician. Hey, my kid broke out in a rash after I fed him lunch. What'd you feed him? Well, everything. 
So who knows which one caused the reaction? And it's the same thing if you do too many things at once at the gym, is that if you hurt, you don't know if it was that machine or this machine, or maybe just a combination of all of the above. So if you add things back in slowly, and you add things back you know, one or two at a time, you're less likely to have a problem. And if something hurts, you'll recognize, ah, I, I added this new exercise this week, that's the thing. And it might sound silly, you know, because people feel, you know, I drove to the gym, or I, I'm going to start exercising at home. I don't want to, you know, just work out for five or 10 minutes, but that's the safer way to get started, especially if you're hurting, especially if you have arthritis, especially, you know, if you haven't done anything in a year. So you can start with some gentle things either at home and sit down with a trainer if you go to a gym and talk to them about what would be a safe way to get back to what you do. But don't do things too fast or too aggressively because then you're going to be wind up, you know, being one of these many patients that we're seeing in the office that says, I gained weight. My gym shut down, I stopped exercising, but it reopened and I went back and now everything hurts. So um, I hope this information helps you because I'll I'll tell you, this is probably the most common um, thing that I'm hearing in the office now. So I just wanted to share with you, if you're running down the same path, is that yes, everybody's struggling. um, And yes, if you gained weight, you're not alone. But for many, many reasons, you know, take a look at what and how you're eating and work on ways to try to lose a pound a week and try to get that weight off. And if you have stopped exercising, you should get back to exercising. Obviously, check with your doctor to make sure that you have no health conditions that would prevent you from getting back to exercising. But exercise and getting back to exercise should be a slow, gradual, gentle process to get you back to that level of fitness that you were at so you can keep it on for the rest of your life, but to prevent some exacerbation of pain and symptoms. So again, thanks for listening. Stay safe. I got a few more episodes um, that I've been doing some research on that I think you're going to like coming up um, in the next few weeks. Uh, And until next time, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Adam Rose, and you've been tuning in to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.